While we've tried to be as helpful as possible, this podcast should not be considered professional financial advice. It contains general information only, and you should seek out independent professional advice on your personal situation before making any financial decisions. So for me, looking back, just seeing the business grow and the brand grow to where it is today, being Australia's leading home builder, that's probably what sticks in my mind. And obviously the thousands of people that we've built homes for over a 45-year period. Welcome to Building the Dream, a podcast by Metricon, all about the process of building a new home. I'm your host, Cecilia Ramsdale. I'm a mum of two kids. I am a voice actor, a podcaster, and I have a sneaky love of houses and all things real estate. Now, I, like many of you listening, have bought houses before. I've renovated. I've even rebuilt entire parts of them. But one thing I've never done is build a whole new house from scratch, but I've always wanted to. So in this series, I'll be speaking to the experts at Metricon about the process of building a brand new home. Together, we'll explore all the steps in the process from first deciding to build new to actually getting the keys. And by the end of this series, you and I will both know if we want to take the plunge. In the last episode, we spoke all about budgeting for your new build. But in today's episode, we're getting to the fun part and you'll hear all about how to choose the right home and builder. We'll uncover how to pick the right home for you and select a layout and style and answer the question of what to look for in a builder. First up, you'll hear from Adrian Popple. He's the design director at Metricon. Adrian actually started his career with Metricon when he got his first job out of high school as a junior drafts person. And believe it or not, he's never worked anywhere else. So to get an idea of just how much has changed over the years, I started out today's conversation by asking him what it was actually like when he first started out in the industry. Yeah, back in the day, we were on drawing boards using pencils and Rotaring pens, ink pens, and everything was done by hand. And you used to have to really pay particular attention to that because if you got it wrong, it either meant start again or you used to use razor blades and basically scratch out your ink work and sort of clear the tracing paper and draw over the top of it. So, yeah, it was very much hands-on and it was certainly good grounding. What have you seen come and go in terms of what you're asked to provide to the customer in terms of trends over that time? What's really stuck out for you? Since the end of the 90s and into the 2000s, it's just been interesting to see how homes have evolved. They've gone from just being simple shelter to something that obviously we spend a lot of time in. And obviously trends that we've seen that have come through really about that indoor-outdoor living and the inclusion of outdoor rooms. It's obviously been a big trend butler's pantries and that kitchen has always been the hub of the home. Those areas being really super functional and multi-purpose now. So that type of thing and the inclusions of different areas, multi sort of living sort of areas. So having breakaway zones that you can do different things in being something that's been an interesting trend from a floor plan perspective. Obviously facades have evolved and trends continually come back in time and we sort of had those neoclassical type facades there for a while that drifted off and have slowly come back into the market. What we're seeing now, obviously, with what I call character homes or Hampton style, 
homes where you're seeing weatherboard cladding and gables and you know, verandas being sort of reintroduced. Everything all becomes new again in time if you hang around long enough. Some of those ones with the verandas, they're quite beautiful, the homes, and a bit more classical. Yeah, I don't know what you're like, but I like a veranda. I like to sit out in the front veranda or front porch and connect and engage with your neighbourhood. And I think that's something that kind of got lost for a little while. And I think reconnecting with your neighbourhood and your neighbours and people around is really a positive thing that you're sort of seeing happen more so these days. Let's move on to choosing the right home because it's a big one, isn't it? How does a customer decide what's right for them? It is a challenge and is such a big decision and you're obviously one that you want to get right because it is such a big investment. There's lots of things to consider and the first one is obviously your block of land and what size the block is will dictate obviously to a degree what size home you can have and whether you want a single or double story, how big your family is or that side of it thinking about now, but also into the future. But obviously your block of land orientation is super critical, prevailing breezes. And if you've got opportunities for views or different connections is something worth considering. So you need to look at obviously the accommodation. So how many people are going to be living in the home? Do you need to work from home? Do you need multiple living zones so that you can connect and disconnect from the wider group there? Are you a home cook? So is the kitchen an important area for you to consider? And as I touched on earlier, that indoor-outdoor relationship. So how important that is for you is certainly something worth considering. It's really a lot more than just, I want that house on where's a piece of land that'll do. Because I know from my perspective, when I've heard the term house and land package, I feel like that's what you get. You just get, there's your piece of land and there's a house and you just go plop and off you go. But it's a lot more nuanced than that, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, the house and land packages are a good vehicle and makes it an easy decision for you. We've obviously considered the house for that particular block of land, so that's a great avenue. But for those that aren't looking at a house and land, there's certainly a lot more to consider, as I've said. If someone's going to do a knockdown rebuild, how many choices are dictated by the block that they're working with? The block of land certainly has a lot to say when you're doing a knockdown rebuild. And it just depends on what area you're building in as to what those limitations are. You've obviously got the local council constraints that you'll need to consider that will obviously dictate the outcome. And you also need to look at the neighbourhood and your neighbours, overlooking, overshadowing. Again, as I said, orientation is really important. So making sure that you pick a house that's going to suit the orientation of your block and takes into consideration the existing homes around the area. And then obviously from a facade, selection perspective you obviously want to blend in with the neighborhood as best you can but you can also make a statement if you want to as well so i've personally done a couple of knockdown rebuilds myself you learn along the way and there are a couple of things that come to mind when i'm considering doing a knockdown rebuild and just talking about especially if you're going to do a knockdown rebuild and you're talking about looking over the neighbours' houses and so forth there are certain rules about the kind of windows you can use for things like that too isn't there Yeah, correct. There's certain requirements in every state from an overlooking perspective. And the majority of that depends on how high above the natural ground you are. But a lot of two-story windows could be affected by needing to either have a windowsill height of 1.7 metres above the floor, or you need to have obscure glazing or screening that's going to limit views to neighbours, either neighbours' windows or your neighbours' backyard. So... 
that's certainly something to consider. How important is it for your builder to have a good reputation and how do you find out how reliable that reputation is? I think it's super important. You know, you want to know that the builder's going to be around for a long time, not only just to get through building the home, but obviously to be around uh, structural guarantees and those types of things are important. And I guess you've talked to people along the journey that have made a decision to go with a builder based on cost. And quite often you hear how they've regretted that decision. So we certainly have never been about being the cheapest builder. We're certainly about trying to deliver a high quality outcome and a great customer experience and obviously being around for more than 45 years shows that we're here for the long haul and we put our customers first so builder's reputation really important how do you check on that i think obviously there's so many online forums these days where you could find out about the builders and previous experiences both good and bad but i think also the best thing is if you can talk to people that have built with the builders previously to get feedback is always a good one but looking at the quality of builders' homes and how they present themselves, how they communicate and how they market themselves, obviously will tell you whether they've got a good reputation and whether they're going to be around for the long haul. I think you can find some very big discrepancies in the costs from quotes from builders as well. One of the peace of mind things that I would personally have with going with someone like Metricon as opposed to the guy who lives around the corner is the quantity of builds they're doing. So their access to tradespeople and, and materials, all those things, you're not going to get bogged down in things stopping because the plumber can't turn up on the Wednesday and those kinds of things are something to keep in mind too, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a massive, obviously, supply chain and labour force associated with the business. And we've had those partnerships for a very long time. So even though a lot of our trades are subcontractors, They've been with us for a very long time. They understand how we build our homes and what's important to us and the customers. With our suppliers, our business partners have been with us a long time and we partner with obviously businesses that have been around for a long time and they're of a scale that can support us during the challenging times that we're facing now with COVID and the supply chain issues that we've had associated with that. Obviously, our relationships have held us in good stead to be able to navigate our way through. Do you think that is one of the key points of difference for Metricon? I think our scale is obviously certainly one of the key points of difference, but we've obviously got other ones that are really critical quality assurance processes that we offer as well. So there's certainly some really important points of difference. What's your favourite kind of design for a house? If you could do anything, what would it be? You know, I always wanted to build a house out of concrete. Oh yeah, brutalist. You couldn't afford it, but We've got a polished concrete floor, so we're very happy with that. But I really like that minimalist concrete type structure. But Palm Springs is probably another style that we're really enjoying. And there's something about that that's timeless and always really gravitated towards. Now, we'll come back to Adrian later because I want him to gaze into his crystal ball and see what's coming in the future of home design. But before that, let's bring Lisa Goodsall into the picture. Lisa is the National Display Home and Studio M Manager at Metricon, and she too has been at Metricon since its inception. Lisa has a pretty impressive role, and the first thing I wanted to know was how does she choose which products go into Studio M? Part of my role is to ensure that we're displaying in our display homes out there and in our studio offering products that are on trend 
but to really decipher between what's just a current trend and what is actually a product that's going to stand the test of time. So anybody can go out there, it's like fashion, anybody can go out there and buy the latest and the greatest, but is it just a really short-term trend and a product that's not really going to be that useful to customers long-term? Because obviously think about a home, most customers build one or two homes or buy one or two homes in their whole lives if they're lucky. And to ensure that the products that we're offering had enough thought and research put into them that they are going to stand the test of time, that they're not just going to be a fashion item for a short term, that customers are still going to be happy to use those products or have those products in their home for a long time. Yeah, trying to work out what you think is going to last. The one that I think is really funny is the hexagonal tile. Remember when the block went crazy on hexagons and there was just hexagonal tiles like everywhere on the floor, like splashbacks, bathrooms, gone with circular and rectangular or square tiles. It was just all about the hexagon. And I just remember thinking, that's going to date. Surely that's going to be one of those things that we'll move on from. (laughs) Yeah. And tiles is a really interesting one actually, because there's so many different options out there. And we offer well over a thousand tile options in our studio as well. But what we're really trying to do is such a permanent fixture. If you really want to use something on trend, like the hexagonal, and they're still out there, just do it in a small space. You don't want to walk in and see it covered in your kitchen everywhere. Maybe just do a feature wall in a bathroom or somewhere that um, is easy to change in the future. Trends, I remember, I reckon it would have been well over 10 years ago, a supplier came to me with a black kitchen tat and I looked at it and I'm like, wow, this is next level. And I put it into our studio just more as a discussion piece because at that stage it was like, see how we test the waters. And our studio team, some of them were like, oh no, no one's ever going to buy that. And some of them really embraced the fact that, wow, this could be the next thing. And we left it in there for a year or two and no one actually selected it, took it out put it back in again, probably another version of it that was not quite so big, sort of six months later. And really customers then started slowly specifying it. They'll put it in their powder room, but not everywhere else in their whole home. So it was just testing the waters, doing it as an underdone probably product, not putting it everywhere. It'd be like, you wouldn't want to do your whole floor in hexagonal tiles. Decision fatigue feels like it could really creep in very quickly when it comes to choosing all the pieces to go in the home. So let's have a think about actually going through the process. How does the customer decide what's going to be right for them and their house? Well, firstly, once they've chosen their home and they've picked the exterior scheme or the exterior style, then what we encourage is that you spend as much time in our display homes and we have hundreds of them nationally, and they're all different. So you spend as much time in those homes before you then come into our Studio M, which is our specification centres. We have one or two in each state. And then you really start to get into the finer details. So we encourage you to come and have tours and really start to build your own mood or inspiration board. One of the most exciting things about building your new metric on home is planning all the wonderful choices that you do have. So that's where our display home and our studios are the best places to start. So there you'll get lots of ideas on design and style. We have on our website the Metricon Lookbook where we have multiple different options as well that you can go in and really think, okay, I thought my style was contemporary, but now that I'm in there, I think it's actually a little bit more industrial 
we may be just a contemporary edge. So we encourage you to use all those resources. And then when you get to the formal selection in studio, we have qualified interior designers that really take you through the steps one by one. So they're really there to guide you. They've got lots of experience as well. They don't put their ideas on you. They really draw on what you've come in with your inspiration and your research and then they build on that. I think too, you can't as a human being really understand what something's going to be like until you experience it, whether it's the space, whether it's the texture, whether it's the colour, the size, like all of those things. It's great that you can go through it online and you can sort of start to get an idea. But I think unless you can actually use all of your senses to experience something, you can't really make a good decision, can you? No, you can't. And I guess that's the benefit that we pride ourselves with our studio, with our showroom, is it's a journey like no other. And until you begin that journey, as I said, I've been here for 18 years and I've been in the industry for 25. And even when I built my own home, I was sort of running down and doing my appointments in between working. And there was a couple of items that I got down there and the team was like, oh, Lisa, what would you like for this? And I was throwing my hands up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot that I have to select that particular category. Because what we all do is we think about the journey of selecting all the products and finishes for our home. We think about our roof, our windows, the outdoor paint colour. We think about our front door and our kitchen and bathroom bench tops and finishes. But there's so many more categories that you have to think along the way. So that's why having everything under one roof from major Australian and international brands that are all really well researched with high quality. It makes the whole journey just so much simpler. And that's what you really need because building a home, just the thought of it for some people can be just so overwhelming that we really need to make sure we make that process simpler because it is fun. It is fun. But then you get to things like door handles and you go, I really care. But then if you pick the wrong ones, you're going to have to live with the wrong door handles on a daily basis. That's right. You've got to think about, do you want the rosette on the back of the door handle to be round or square? Some people would think about that. Do you want that to be brush chrome or bright chrome? Bright chrome might just show fingerprints and you've got a household that of grubby little fingers running everywhere, <laughs> sticky fingers. So thinking about how you live, your family's needs, how you entertain, All of those items are really important to consider and have thought about and think about while you're going through the journey. I know Metricon has a philosophy that you can really see, feel and touch the home before you decide to build. We've sort of talked about that. Have you had customers that have come in with an idea, but then when they've actually touched and seen the products, it's changed their ideas that they were quite comfortable with? Until you really see, feel and touch something, What you think is what you're after, as I said before, even with the style of your home, when it comes to the product as well, what you think you might want changes when you come into the studio. You might look and think, look, I'm definitely a cook that likes gas. I wouldn't think of anything else other than gas. But then you might come into the studio and realise the benefits of, say, potentially an induction cooktop. You know what? Yes, I do have young children and now I can see, feel and touch the induction, actually, I will try that. That technology is fantastic. And not only is it going to suit my cooking needs, it's also a safety factor for my children. So they're the kind of products that you can see, feel and touch. And you can have demonstrations within our showrooms as well. And being able to do that under one roof and compare side by side, it's invaluable. 
Now, if I can't make it out to a display home, because it's a bit of a day trip, I actually remember going to display homes as a child and thinking it was so fun, loved it. But that was in the 80s when we didn't have access to other (laughs) resources. What would you suggest is the best thing to do if you're starting out to create a mood board before you head out to go and look at the display homes and do a walkthrough? What do you advise customers to start with? I advise to jump on the internet. Obviously, it's the first go-to for everything. Jump onto the Metricom website and you can browse through all of the display homes in one location. So you can actually flick between the four states that we build in, South Australia, Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland, and look at display homes around the country. So my second suggestion then is to jump onto our studio online, which is our studio and product guide, and that's on the website as well. And then so you can start planning the look of your home, design and the style of your home, and then start looking at the finishes and fixtures externally and internally, all in one location, in conjunction with our lookbook on there as well, which takes you down the path of different themes and schemes. Well, the lookbooks are good too, because a lot of people aren't that good at coming up with ideas for themselves when it comes to interiors. But if you go to a lookbook and like you say, oh, you know, I like the beach style or modern style, it gives you sort of the whole package that you can start with. Are you able to then tweak things if you come in and say, I like this one? Can I change a few bits here and there? The lookbook tool is the best ever. I mean, it's the number one tool that you should be using. So some people think that they want a Hampton style, but actually once they get in there, they're probably really more laid back coastal. So the lookbook really guides you into the main different styles, but then underneath that, there's so many subcategories. And the best thing about it, it's a guide and you can then mix and match yourself because let's face it, nobody wants their home to look like everybody else's. You want to have a guide on starting off with the scheme and theme that you're after, but then you want to personalise it. So the benefits of a lookbook is you can start with your main scheme and then you can start picking pieces that really suit your style and your way of life as well. We all have our own personal items that we like to display in our homes as well. So that creates the uniqueness. Social media is a big thing too and Pinterest. I always get emails from Pinterest showing me things that I've looked up five years ago, which is quite funny when you've moved on from that inspiration. Do you recommend that people have a look at Pinterest, social media, Instagram to sort of get some inspiration as well? Yeah, definitely. I think you can't pass not looking at those platforms. Instagram and Pinterest and something like House provide so many different options and ideas that it's definitely worth looking. We definitely encourage it. We also encourage looking at our business partner, our suppliers' websites. Go on there and have a look at your bricks and your roofing materials because they also provide great inspiration as well. In your time with home renovation shows like The Block as they've come along, have you noticed that that has changed the way people have approached building a home? Yeah, what it's done is it's educated customers that there's so many choices out there without going into shows like The Block, which unrealistic when you're talking about building times <laughs> and things like that, which I think now after however many years The Block's been around, people finally understand that. But it definitely has provided customers with an education that there is a lot of things to think about and there is a lot of different products out there and a lot of options. So they're great for consumers to get some ideas around. And what about old school magazines? 
I love magazines. My house is just cut full of magazines. My office is full of magazines. I think I'm still keeping magazines going with subscriptions because I don't think there's anything better than sitting down with a cup of tea and flicking through a glossy magazine. I love it. I don't think we should ever get rid of it. Especially a house one. Yeah, that's right. Talk about aspirational. Yep. Even the kids look nicer in the magazine than the ones you've got at home. How often do you think customers do come in and are happy to take pretty much what's on offer in one of the guides or does everyone come in and want to change things up? Look, I think everybody likes to have their own personalisation. The lookbook themes and our displays are definitely the number one for inspirational, but then to personalise it just slightly. Some people will come in and they've been to a display home. They actually just love what we've got out there. It replicates what we've got in one of our lookbooks, and they'll come in and they'll say, just give me everything that you've done in that home, which is lookbook, whichever scheme it is, but I just want to change my kitchen bench top because that doesn't suit me. So our display homes represent some great themes out there, but everybody just likes to tweak it just that little bit. And that's what the journey in Studio M is all about. An additional question on that. Are there extra costs associated with then changing some things or adding some things into it? Yeah, so everybody that comes in, they've been through the sales process with our consultants out there in display homes. They then they'll come to the studio, they have their standard specifications, and then they there's a promotion that we're offering at the time. So from there, there'll be items that they can select that are within those promotion parameters, so they can change colours and textures. And then also we have obviously upgrades. So we're kind of really run on that good, better, best. So you can really depending on your budget, achieve any level that you're after without going from sort of zero to high end with no options in between. We really cater in the studio for everybody's budget. So there's products that suit current trends that also cater to each budget that we have coming through the studio. Because our studio offer We have customers from first home buyers through to knockdown rebuild all coming through that location. So there's certainly a lot of product that you can select from. It was such a joy speaking to Lisa and I was getting really excited with all this customisation. But I still wanted to pick Adrian's brain a little bit further about the architecture and design options. After all, he is the design director. So I asked him... Where did the design and style ideas come from? We're looking at all sorts of different areas for inspiration. Obviously, there's the online mediums with Pinterest and, and Instagram and those types of things. We certainly have some favourite architects that we look at for inspiration and, and then work out how can we use some of those ideas and turn them into something that we can deliver in volume. We're obviously looking at commercial architecture When it comes to fit out and those type of things, a lot of hotels and restaurants. So there's so many different avenues that we use to get ideas from. And we can quite often look back in history and look at minimalist and mid-century modern type architecture, which was timeless and people look at. Our team is just plugged into different sort of mediums and generate ideas from different sources. And Adrian, where do you see design heading to in the next couple of years? That's always an interesting one, that question, when you get asked it, where are the trends going and going through COVID and people being in lockdown and spending a lot of time, you know, in their homes has kind of informed us as to 
what people are looking for and there's never been a time where there's, there's been so much pressure on our home so from a functionality point of view and obviously being stuck indoors more than ever so one thing that we're starting to see obviously we've come off the open plan living we're starting to see a trend towards more closed plans so having sort of dedicated areas to be able to do different functions so whether that be work from home or having sanctuary spaces where you can go and restore and rejuvenate yourself or being able to do gym at home or whatever it is that's important to you so that's a trend that broken plan trend as it's been called is something i think we'll start to see more of to wrap things up i'd just love it if you could tell me about a success story that sticks with you from your time at metricon been involved with the business for such a long time and when i first started it was obviously a very small business based in Melbourne with 30-odd employees. So for me, looking back, just seeing the business grow and the brand grow to where it is today, being Australia's leading home builder, that sticks in my mind. And obviously the thousands of people that we've built homes for over a 45-year period is certainly something I'm extremely proud to be associated with. So that's probably what sticks out to me. If you think about the amount of lives that have been changed Apart from anything else, that is an extraordinary thing to be a part of. Yeah, and like I said, building homes for Australians and keeping Australians in work. There's lots of employees that Metricon supports, so it's an amazing story and it's an amazing company to be associated with. Thanks for listening to Episode 4 of Building the Dream, a podcast by Metricon all about the process of building a new home. In today's episode, we heard about choosing the right builder for your home. Adrian shared what he thinks sets Metricon apart from other builders, and Lisa broke down what to look out for when it comes to layout, style and design choices, and how your family and entertaining preferences should factor into those decisions. Join us next episode as we talk about the huge step that is buying. But if you're ready to take the plunge now, head over to metricon.com.au and get in touch with a new home advisor. I'm Cecilia Ramsdale, and I'll catch you next time on Building the Dream. Building the Dream.